0: Welcome to the Riverside Church Podcast. We hope today's message encourages you and strengthens your walk with God. Enjoy the message that's excited about this work tonight. We're actually starting a new series tonight that I'm really excited about, a Wednesday night series. Now, this series might be two-part, might be three-part, might be four, I don't know, it might be six-part. I don't know how many parts it's going to be, but it's for sure going to be two-parts because i got two in my mind. Um, but however much the Spirit wants to go, that's how long this series is going to last. Also, I want to uh, welcome our online audience. Let's give them a hand clap. People watching on YouTube and Facebook, Thank you all for tuning in. If you all can click that like button or press that share button, that will be highly appreciated. We want to spread this message to as many people as possible. And Really what's on my heart tonight is that I don't want to just deliver a message tonight that makes you feel hyped during service but doesn't help you tomorrow. Amen. I want to deliver a message tonight. That not only gets you ready, but gets you. It helps you tomorrow when you're at your workday. That it lasts throughout your week. That it doesn't just do something that gets you energized, but it's something that gets your heart tender and ready uh, for the rest of your week. And so, like I said, we're starting a new service or a new series um, tonight, and um, I kind of want to get the scripture that's gonna be based uh, that this series is gonna be based on. And um, so we're going to read out Romans chapter 8, verse 9 through 16. Romans chapter 8, verse 9 through 16. And this is kind of like our series text. This is the text that we're living on for the next however weeks of this, uh, of this series. And in this text, Paul is explaining um, the freedom that we have in our identity in Christ. And he's explaining these things to uh, the early Roman church. And this is where we pick up in verse 9. It says, but you are not controlled by your sinful nature. You are controlled by the Spirit if you have the Spirit of God living in you. And remember that those who do not have the Spirit of Christ living in them do not belong to Him at all. And Christ lives within you. So even though your body will die because of sin, the Spirit gives you life because you have been made right with God. The Spirit of God who raised Jesus from the dead lives in you. And just as God raised Christ Jesus from the dead, He will give life to your mortal bodies by the same Spirit living within you. Therefore, dear brothers and sisters, you have no obligation to do what your sinful nature urges you to do. For if you live by its dictates, you will die. But if through the power of the Spirit, through the power of the Spirit, Led by the Spirit of God. Oh, missed my thought. But if through the power of the Spirit you put to death the deeds of your sinful nature, you will live. Verse 14. For all who are led by the Spirit of God are children of God. That's important scripture. So you have not received the Spirit that makes you fearful slaves. Instead, you received God's Spirit when he adopted you as his own children. Now we call him Abba Father, for his Spirit joins with our spirit to affirm that we are God's children. So what I want to start with tonight and encourage y'all are that we are children of God. It says that when we have Jesus in our heart, that we become a part of his family. And not only that, that, that didn't happen by nothing. Actually, that happened by a price. And that price's name was Jesus. And his blood that was shed on the cross that bought you that right to be a child of God. So what we're talking about with this series is going to be about is that if you are bought by the blood, your life is no longer on the market. Your life is no longer on the market. It says that in, the, um, in John 10.10, 10, it says that the thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy. That's what the thief comes to do. But Jesus comes to give life and life more abundantly, amen? So if Jesus came to do that... And if Jesus is on the inside of us, then that means that the enemy no longer has the authority over us. The enemy no longer has any right towards your life because now we are a child of God. And this ought to make somebody excited because that means no matter what the enemy tries to do to you, he has no power over you because your life's not for sale anymore. So the enemy really doesn't have any authority to steal from us he he came to steal but he doesn't have the authority to do it a matter of fact he has no authority to take your peace he has no authority to take your joy he has no authority to take your confidence because now we belong to Jesus we belong to him so the enemy isn't stealing from us and what really the, the the heart of this series is the enemy isn't stealing from us what happens is that we sell it to him so the enemy can't steal our peace the enemy can't steal our joy, but what happens is that we tend to sell it to him. But well, By that I mean that sometimes the cost of our peace is somebody cutting us off on the barrel, right? We have peace, and then all of a sudden we lose it just like that, and, and it seems like our peace is at that low of a cost, and it's not that he stole it from us, it's but we sold it to him. And so that's what this series is about. So turn to your neighbor. Just say the series title, which is My Blank is not for sale my blanket's not for sale we're going to talk about some things in our lives that are not for sale that the enemy has no power to take from you that the enemy has no right to steal from you and so that's what we're going to be diving into things because there are some things that are off the market when we belong to god amen there's some things that are no longer on the sales rack when we belong to god because it's not for sale so let's dive now into the scripture that this sermon's going to be based out of, and that is staying in Romans, Romans chapter 5, 1 through 5. It says this, Therefore, since we have been made right in God's sight by faith, we have peace with God because of what Jesus Christ, our Lord, has done for us. Because of our faith, Christ has brought us into this place of undeserved privilege, say undeserved, where we now stand and we can confidently and joyfully look forward to sharing God's glory we can rejoice too when we run into problems and trials for we know that they help us develop endurance and endurance develops strength of character and character strengthens our confident hope of salvation and this hope will not lead to disappointment for we know how dearly God loves us because he has given us the Holy Spirit to fill our hearts with this love so turn to your neighbor And say the title for tonight's message. Say, my joy is not for sale. My joy is not for sale. Let's pray over this service tonight. Let's do this together. Father, we thank you that we've gathered in this place tonight uh, for no other reason other just to grow closer to you, that we come into this place with soft hearts and open minds, that we're ready to just develop, God, to accept what you're giving us tonight, God. So right now, thank you for demonstration. We thank you for miracles, signs, and wonders taking place, God. We thank you, God, people are going to experience your peace. People are going to experience your love, Father, in this place because all we want— it's just to grow closer to you, Jesus, it's just to grow closer to your son, Father. So we give you all the glory, and we give you all the praise, God, in this moment. And also, Father, I know I mentioned it Sunday, but God, hear my prayer. Help the Houston Astros tonight. We're down three games to none, and we need a miracle. In the name of Jesus, and everybody says, amen, amen, amen. All right, so I know I mentioned sports a lot, and there's a reason, Um I grew up, uh, my dad was a sports writer for 25 years. So I, I grew up every weekend, I'm not lying, every weekend we would either go to some kind of game. We would go to a football game, we would go to a basketball game, you know, a high school basketball game, a high school volleyball game, track game, you name it, I've probably been there. All kinds, and I would go with my dad and he would cover those stories. And, and so I was just so used to sports being a big thing um, in my life. And so, um, either unfortunately or fortunately, I developed some bonds with some sports teams, and one of them is the Houston Astros. Uh, but there's some other teams that, you know, if there's any, like, really, you know, unhealthy sports addicts like me, like, when they're your team, through your team, right, through thick and thin. You know, it doesn't matter if we're 0-16, doesn't matter if we're undefeated, like, that's my team. And unfortunately, all my teams... Um, have not been doing good. And I'm a Houston Astros fan, um, which they're actually doing you know, the best recently. I'm a Rockets fan, a Texans fan. But the fan that I'm the most of, that really I am the most, you know, invested in is the Texas Longhorns. Somebody say a prayer. Um, I'm a big UT fan, you know, basketball, football, baseball, anything. I'm a huge UT fan. My, my um, Popo was a big UT fan. My dad's a big UT fan, um, so you know it was something I was just raised in. But it comes so much to the fact because if you know if you're a UT fan or if you know you know we didn't have a good time this past Saturday. Okay, um, so this past Saturday it was you know the Red River Red River rivalry week, which we played the Oklahoma Sooners, and um, you know I thought this was going to be our year. I say that every year. Um, but it's just been a struggle, and I just remember watching that game, and I just remember, you know, because it happens to me, and I've gotten better. Haley can attest, I've gotten better. It doesn't hurt me as much as it used to, but as I was watching us lose in overtime, and I felt that joy that I had begin to slip away, I remember thinking, I said, hold up, Caleb. I'm not a kid anymore. You know, I'm not going to let this loss ruined my day. I remember when I was a kid, you know, I was a teenager. If, if, if you would know my mood, determined on how UT played that weekend, you know, um, it was just like this totally take over my week or whatever that season was in. But I remember saying, I was like, "Come on, Caleb, my joy is not worth this. I know, I know it's a big deal to me, but my joy is not worth it. You know, I'm not going to let the the UT football game determine how I'm going to treat." my family members. Amen. I'm not going to let this thing determine how I'm going to treat the people around me, but that reminds me because I was already having this sermon in mind when I was experiencing that. I was like, man, my joy costs more than that, right? My joy is more valuable than that. And I was thinking of how many times we can do things and let things relinquish things, our joy over things so small like that. I can't tell you how many times I'm having a good day and then somebody, cut, you know, cuts me off on Navarro. And all of a sudden, you know, you just kind of, you know when you feel your joy slipping? You know what I'm talking about? Like you feel like kind of degrading on the inside of you and you feel anger rising up. But how many times have we let so little things, so small things, have we let somebody's comment on our Instagram feed, somebody's gossip that we hear that might not even be true, so little things in life still, or not still, what we sell our joy to those things and it's such a small cost it's a it's such a it's such a small thing but we pay a high price for it because our joy is so valuable to those things but what I want to encourage y'all by is that our joy our joy when we're a child of God when we have Jesus on the inside of us our joy is now outside of the enemy's jurisdiction jurisdiction the, the enemy has no authority over our joy when we're a child of God. And I said that to say this, is I don't want anybody walking around looking over their shoulder thinking at any moment, the enemy is going to pop out, and like, like take our joy from us, you know, and take something and steal from us and take from us and looking around and say, man, I'm having a good day right now. Things are going good right now. I feel like I'm finally getting in my zone, but I know any second the enemy's going to pop out. The boogeyman's going to pop out and take my joy, and you're looking around, but I want to tell somebody that the enemy has no authority to do that. The only time that happens is produced by fear, but the enemy has no authority to do that. matter of fact, what I want us to start doing and what I'm going to be start doing is that any time I feel like the, the situation around me is trying to suck the joy from inside of me, I'm going to say, hold up, you don't even have authority to do that. My joy is off the market. My joy is not for sale. So therefore, you have no right or reason to take it away from me. Because now that I'm a child of God, I'm I'm bought by the blood, I'm no longer for sale. I like how he says it in verse 2, what we read. And we'll read it again. It says, he said, because of our faith, Christ has brought us into this place of undeserved privilege. See, undeserved privilege where we now stand and we can we confidently and joyfully look forward to sharing God's glory because here's the thing we don't really deserve the joy of the Lord we don't deserve it it's grace that gets us there so if we don't deserve it and if joy is so valuable to us and joy is actually one of the fruit of the spirit like if there's something that's priceless in this room it's your joy Your joy is priceless. Your joy is worth a lot. Your joy is really something that you can be a foundation in your life. And your joy is something that has been given to you from the Holy Spirit himself. So if he has given us something so important, why do we let go of it without giving up much of a fight? We have to hold on to our joy like it's something that God has given it to us. It's something that not something that we deserve, but something that God has graced us For something that he has given us. And that's really the first point for tonight is that we need to treat our joy like it's a jewel. Treat our joy like it's a jewel. You see, if you treat something like it's priceless, if you treat your joy like it's something of a high worth, the next time somebody cuts you off, you're going to say, hold up, that's too low of a cost for my joy, right? The next time you see somebody comment, That comment that you hate to see, you're going to say, hold up, that's not enough for my joy. Matter of fact, that's too low of a cost for me to lose my joy. And you're going to be able to walk around knowing that when your joy is held at such a high esteem, the little things of life no longer can get to you. Because you say it's not even worth it anymore. My joy is a jewel in my life. It's a fruit of the Spirit. It's something that only God can give. So if only God can give it, who can take it away? Matter of fact, right, nobody can take it away. The only way we lose it is that we give it away. And so we can say any time offense comes, unforgiveness comes, we can say, it's not worth my joy. Say say, it's not worth my joy. Man, those words will help you so much because the next time you feel that anchor on the inside of me, because that's what I was saying during the UT game. I was like it's not worth my joy it's not worth my joy it's not worth my joy I was watching us I was watching us lose and the, the time going down I was like it's not worth my joy not, like and I was keep on telling my, me, my, myself that because I had to get over the fact that my joy is worth more than that. My joy is worth more than that. My joy is more, worth more than holding on to that unforgiveness, than being a prideful person, than holding on to past offense. My, my joy is worth more than that. And when we grasp that, I believe that when we hide our joy at such a high esteem, the enemy no longer can take it so easily. Amen. I like when it says next verse in verse 3. He says, we can rejoice too. Because this is when it gets difficult. We can rejoice, too, when we run into problems and trials. For we know that they help us develop endurance. What this scripture is saying to me is that we can have joy even when it's not perfect. We can have joy even in 2020. Can I hear an amen? Amen. We can have joy even when it seems though we're in a storm, even when it feels like the world is weighing on our shoulders, even in that moment, what the scripture just said, not me, what scripture just says, that even in that moment, you can have joy, which kind of messes with my mind because a lot of times we attach to things going well to things that should produce joy, right? Like if things are going well in my life, then that means I should have joy in my life and things aren't going well, that means I'm losing joy. But what that scripture says is that no matter the problem or the trial, we can still have joy in it. And that's the second point for tonight is that we need to rejoice no matter the result. We got to rejoice no matter the result. We got to make sure that we have joy no matter what the world throws at us. That no matter what is coming against us, even in the moments where things seem bleak, you can still find joy. Because in every moment you go, Jesus will always be with us. So we need to rejoice no matter the situation, no matter what is thrown at us. And what that reminds me of the story in the Bible is is one time Paul and Silas uh, were thrown into prison for nothing more than just spreading the the news of the gospel. It says they're, they're thrown in jail. And... When they were in jail, so it says around the time of midnight, they began to sing praises to God. They began to sing a joyful noise up unto heaven. And as they began the scene, it says the prison began to shake and their chains began to fall. And then we pick up in scripture in Acts chapter 16, verse 27 through 31. It should be on the screens. It says that the jailer woke up to see the prison doors wide open. And he assumed the prisoners had escaped, so he drew his sword to kill himself. But Paul shouted to him, stop, don't kill yourself, we are all here. And the the jailer called for lights, and he ran to the dungeon and fell down trembling before Paul and Silas. Then he brought them out and asked, sirs, what must I do to be saved? And they replied, believe in the Lord Jesus, and you will be saved along with everyone in your household I think what the jailer saw that night, the jailer saw that even though these guys were in jail, they still had joy. Even though these guys are in prison, even though they were wrongfully accused, it wasn't even something they deserved. They were doing all the right things and they still found themselves in jail. That tells me that even if I'm in the wrong place, that doesn't mean that I shouldn't have joy. Because sometimes doing the right things for God can put you in the situations that can feel like the weight of the world is on you. But even in those situations, Paul and Silas had joy. And when the jailer saw that, he said, hold up. These guys are experiencing pain. These guys are in trouble. And yet they have joy. I want some of that. I want some of that. I want people to look at my life. Not for the high places, but look at my life when I was at the down places and say, hold up. Even when Caleb looked like he was about to break, he still had a smile on his face, right? Even when we feel like we're going through something and what helps our testimony, even when we're going through the low times, we were still kind to people. We still helped others. When the world sees that, they're going to look at you and they say, "I, I want a piece of that. Because the world doesn't offer that. What the world offers is something that as long as my situation is right, then I can be happy. But what God offers is that no matter the situation, you will have joy because Jesus is in every situation. And when the world sees that, they're going to they're gonna want a part of that. And it says that the jailer swung those doors open, and he wanted access to that. But here's, what, here's the crazy thought. It says even though the jail doors were open, and their, their chains were broken, they still didn't try to escape. They, they, they still didn't try to escape the, the jail. It says in the, in the verse that we read, right, it said that they have joy in all things because, what well, it says it builds endurance. So what if the joy for them was not in them escaping jail? What if their joy was enduring jail? What if it wasn't about them escaping it at all? What if their joy wasn't, God, let me escape this problem. God, let me escape 2020. God, let me escape these people. Let me escape the world. What if that's not true freedom is escaping? What if true freedom is enduring? Man, that's what I want y'all to catch tonight. Because they had the opportunity to escape, but they stayed in the jail because, see, that moment, they didn't get anything thrown into prison, thrown into jail, that was used by the enemy to try and break their joy. See, we got Paul and Silas in this place. They're turning the world upside down. This before that, they were casting out demons, transforming people with Jesus from the inside out. And so the the enemy, the, the world was trying to break their joy and throw them in jail. And what was supposed to break their joy, their joy actually broke their jail. And I believe that's what the problems we face in life is a lot of times the enemy tries to use them to break us. The enemy tries to use these problems in life. They try to use 2020, man, to break us. But the scripture we read said in all things, in problems and in trials, we can still find joy because those will give us endurance. So what I think Paul and Silas came out of once they got out of that jail, I think they had a lot of endurance built up. And the next time they came to a situation that was trying to break their joy, break their spirit, they can say, hold up. If that didn't break, if that prison didn't break my joy, this won't break my joy either. If that didn't break me, this won't break me either. And that's when we build our endurance is that even in the storm, we have joy. And once we get on the other side of that storm, the next time a storm comes, we're not going to run away from it because we're going to remember what God did for us in the last one. And we can say, if I was able to hold my joy in that storm, I know God can bring me through this storm. And that's how endurance is built. And before we know it, our joy isn't dependent on what's happening around us. Instead, we have our joy on the inside of us. And we know no matter what happens, right, God's not going to forsake us. So the joy of the Lord can break you out of whatever has entrapped you tonight. Whatever your jail is tonight, the joy of the Lord can break you out. He can break you out of depression. He can break you out of anxiety. He can break you out of all the worries that it seems like life is casting on us. Whatever you have found yourself in tonight, the joy of the Lord can break you out. But how many times have we let things that we have no control over control our joy? Does anybody hear me? We can't control people but people control our joy. We, we can't control the opinions of others, but it seems like the opinions of others controls our joy. We, we can, I'm telling the church family, we can all do our part and exercise our right to vote, but whatever happens in November is out of our control, but we can't let that control our joy. We got to know that no matter what happens, no matter what is thrown at us, it's not dependent On those things, is dependent on who Jesus is to me. And if I have that solid, my joy is not going to be based on what I can't control. Because how many times have we let things that we can't control jeopardize our joy? And that's, you know, the third point for tonight is don't let what you can't control jeopardize your joy. See, our lives are constantly going up and down, right? I mean, if anybody can attest to that, it's 2020. 2020 is like the craziest roller coaster I never wanted to go on, okay? And it's up and down, side to side. And if we were just basing our joy off that, our joy would look like this, right? Up and down, up and down. It was awesome in January. February went like this. In March, it went even down. I don't know. It was going straight down. But if we based our joy on that, it would just be like this, Right? There will be no constant. There will be no foundation. If we let everything that we can't control control us, we would constantly be out of control. Amen. But see, what we can confuse is we confuse happiness with joy. We confuse happiness with joy. So what happiness really is, is it's based on what is ever currently happening in your life. So if something is good happening, then you're going to have happiness, right? It's based on whatever is happening. And if we do that for 2020, it's going to be like this again. Because there's a lot of crazy things happening right now. But the, but the joy that we have is not like that. It's not, our joy is not based on whatever is happening. Our joy is based actually on the, on the truth foundation that is Jesus. Because if we base our joy on anything else, it's going to go up and down but there's only one constant in this life. I've learned there's only really one constant that I can rely on, and that's the life of Jesus. That's the love of Jesus. So if I base my joy on that, I'm not going to be going up and down. I'm going to be going a smooth sailing. And here's what's awesome. Just like how the jailer saw that, if somebody can look at your life, and even though you're in the middle of 2020, you're not panicking like everybody else is, they're going to look to you, and they're going to know what, want to know what's different about you it's like wait you're not complaining you're not panicking you're not looking around and for the asteroid to hit the earth because you think the world is ending because you can respond saying well look my joy is not based on what's happening around me my, my joy is not based on whatever is is happening currently in the political arena whatever happening and you know my whatever you know My joy is not based on those things. My joy is based on one person. My joy is based on the one person who can be constant, who defeated all those things, the one person who I know I can lean on, the only person who I know won't fall. And when you base your joy on that, you will never find your life going up and down, but it will be constant. But as I close tonight's, Haley, you can join me up here or, leash oh, Alicia tonight. I want to close with this scripture in Nehemiah 8, 9 through 10, or Nehemiah chapter 8, 9 through 10. Uh, so in this scripture, Nehemiah and Ezra are reading the, the word of the Lord to the nation of Israel. And Israel has just recently turned their back on God. For years, their back was turned on God, and when Ezra and Nehemiah was reading the Word, was reading God's promises, it says they began to get convicted, and they began to feel sorrow, and they began to feel feel bad for turning their back on God, and this is what it says. It says they begin to weep. That's what it says in verse 9 through 10. It says, for the people had all been weeping, as they listen to the words of the law. And Nehemiah continued Go and celebrate with a feast of rich foods and sweet drinks, and share gifts of food with people who have nothing prepared. For this is a sacred day before our Lord. Don't be dejected and sad, for the joy of the Lord is your strength. Someone say, For the joy of the Lord, say, That's my strength. Will you stand with me tonight? Have you ever had a moment of joy? Ever had a moment we feel like things are going good? You have a moment where things are going right? They're actually going according to plan. And then all of a sudden, you have a thought in the back of your mind, and the enemy is reminding you of what you've done. It's reminding you of the mistakes you've made. And is saying, just like those things got messed up, you're going to get messed up again. You might be feeling good right now but something is on the other side and your joy is going to be lost like that. And a matter of fact, just because you dug those, did those things in the past, you will never have that present joy in the future. And it seems like right when you have joy, it feels like your joy is being attacked. It's being attacked from the enemies trying to remind you that you're not qualified for, trying to remind you of all the things you've done wrong, trying to remind you of all the things that, that should be held against you. But what I love about that scripture and because the the Israelites are kind of experiencing somewhere similar. They were remembering their past mistakes. They were remembering of how they turned their back on God. They began to weep because they didn't feel qualified. They didn't didn't feel like they were able to accept it. They they felt like that God was was mad at them. But he says, it says to them, says, don't be sad for the joy of the Lord is your strength. The joy of the Lord is your strength. Here's what's powerful about that. He said, he didn't say the joy of Caleb is your strength. He didn't say the joy of yourself is your strength. He said the joy of the Lord is your strength. So that means God's joy isn't based on if you messed up or not. Because it's not your joy, it's, it's his joy. God's joy is not based on on if we've been perfect. It's not based on if we pass the test. As a matter of fact, when it comes to it, we've all failed. But God's joy is not based on that. He said, even if we don't deserve it, even when we make mistakes, it says His joy is still available for us. And even in our weak moments, that's why it says His joy is our strength because even when we feel weak, even when we feel broken, we still have a truth on the inside of us and say, yes, I messed up and I'm probably gonna mess up again, but I'm not gonna let my mess ups take away my joy. I'm not gonna let my mistakes cancel out my future promises. And so that's what I wanna close with tonight is with this thought, our joy is never in jeopardy, not because of our perfect love, our lives, but because of this perfect love. You see, you don't have to be perfect to experience joy. You don't have to have it all right to experience joy. You don't have to be the perfect past to have a joyful future. a matter of fact, all you need to have joy is just a relationship with Jesus. And it, even if you mess up again and again and again and again, your failures will never outweigh God's love for you. So I want to speak to somebody tonight who feel like they don't even qualify for joy. We've hurt too many people. We've done too many things wrong. Joy might be for them, but it's not for me because I messed up. I made mistakes. I've I've done too many things wrong to experience something so right. Because let me tell you something, church family, the joy of the Lord is so great. The joy of the Lord is something that goes beyond our understanding It's something that can transform our lives the the joy of the Lord is something that could be that rock in the storm it, it can be something that even in the midst of pain can be that promise the joy of the Lord is something so awesome that even when it feels like it's crashing down on us the the, the world is crashing down on us we can still have joy because God is greater than anything that the world can throw at us So I just want us to maybe sing a song tonight, this focus on what God has in store for us. Because the enemy will try to steal things from us, but he has no authority to. And from now on, we can look at him and say, hey, you have no rights. You have no authority. I've been bought by the blood. What Jesus has done for me outweighs anything that I can do wrong. And at any time the enemy tries to take your joy, any time again, you can say, my joy's not for sale. Sorry, buddy. It's not for sale. It's off the market. You have no right. You have no authority. My joy's not for sale. Thank you for listening to today's message. If you liked what you heard, be sure to subscribe and share it with a friend. For more information about who we are, visit riversidechurchtx.com.